Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And joining me on the show today, I've got a guy from Louisiana, an all-around outdoorsman. His name is Clay Lewis. Now, Clay is super into bow hunting, bow fishing, cat fishing, predator hunting, you name it, he does it. And so we're going to be talking about all of his hobbies, passions, and a lot about what Louisiana has to offer for the outdoorsman or woman, because I don't know about you, but Louisiana, I mean, watching things like Duck Dynasty, and they talk all about like the waterfowl opportunities. The hogs down there are so thick in like alligators. Like there's so many cool things that you can do outdoors in Louisiana. And so if, if that interests you at all, this is the episode to listen to. We're going to jump right in. Like he was doing things that were just badass. That was one of the coolest moments of my life. I was really scared, but knowing that Dan had the gun, I did have the rifle, like, we would be okay. All right, guys, so I know that last year was kind of a wild year for censorship for hunters and anglers, but that's why we've partnered with the social media platform Go Wild to combat mainstream social media censorship. Now, Go Wild is a free social community that was built by outdoors men and women just like me and you. Not only are your photos not censored on Go Wild, they're actually encouraged. And they give you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting friends. And as you earn those points, you can unlock awesome rewards like gift cards, free swag, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so much more. Check this out, though. If you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. So go visit DownloadGoWild.com to get started. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And joining me on the show today, I've got Clay Lewis. Now, Clay is from Louisiana, a small town there in Louisiana, and he is an all-around outdoorsman. I mean, from hunting to fishing, it seems like in the short amount of time that we've been talking, there's not much that's off the table when it comes to pursuing it in the outdoors. So, that Clay, thanks for joining me on the show. Yep. Yep. Glad to have you. And, uh, hope we can share some pretty good stories on this show. Oh, I, I think, I think we could fill, uh, probably five, five shows with the amount of stories that are about to happen. Um, why don't you, before we jump into those stories, share with the listeners a little bit about yourself, maybe, uh, your hunting history there in Louisiana. All right. Well, guys, I am, my name is Clay Lewis. I'm 23 and, um, I was born and raised in franklin parish louisiana which is where i reside at now and um like i was telling dan earlier i mean i really there's really no limitations and uh i've always kind of you know always looking for something new to do and over this past year i I talked to my wife about it and i kind of wanted to get into the youtube thing and uh just basically just share and because you know you always have those times where you want to look back and re-watch it but you know now with the youtube thing we actually have that opportunity to when i can get it on on tape so yeah i mean i've we're 
my family has always been big into, you know, deer hunting, which, you know, naturally that's kind of how I think everybody or most of everybody kind of get into it, but, uh, mainly whitetail and fishing, whether it be bass, white perch, which I know most probably listeners are going to say crappie, but you know, it's the same fish, different concept, but, uh, you know, cat fishing off the coast fishing for redfish, speckled trout, red snapper. I mean, it's, we like to stick our finger in a little bit of all of it. So there's, there's really no limitations and yeah. Looking forward to this podcast with you, Dan. Yeah, man, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Louisiana is one of the places that I have the least experience. Like I, I don't even know if I've been through Louisiana before, but I'm actually hoping to come down. I, I did a helicopter hog hunt down in Texas uh, a couple weeks ago. And some of the guys that came out to hunt, they are big into thermal hunting for hogs at night. And so yeah. uh, they're from Louisiana. Actually, there were a bunch of people down there when I was there from Louisiana. And so they they invited me to come down and do some thermal hunting. And so I'm going to, I think yeah. probably sometime this summer, I'm going to come and see what Louisiana Louisiana is all about. They're, the cooking there, yeah. dude. Just the cooking oh, yeah. alone would be worth the trip. Holy cow! Those guys made some food, and they made they made everything, dude. Uh, smoked, yeah, smoked pig, it's crawfish. Louisiana. What's that? I said, yeah, it's it's hard to beat a Louisiana cooking, and you really can't you really can't knock it till you try it, you know. Oh yeah the the biggest problem I have with it, and I'll tell you right now, I am not a hot food person, and Louisiana boys they know how to hide the heat in the flavor and i was eating yeah. and i'm like dude this is so good this is so good and then not being used to any type of spice oh man that messed me up later on but i i will yeah. say looking back it was worth it anyway yeah it's it's really you know the louisiana food thing it's kind of you know everybody there's there's so many different ways people will cook the same thing and it's all just fantastic you know i mean there's like every everybody has their little secret recipe for everything i'm I'm curious like what there's got to be some type of ratio right sweet versus heat versus savory um because it, it really almost when i watch these guys prepare food i'm like dude they are dumping everything in this pot like they are cooking everything all at once, all the flavor, like all the spices, and somehow it comes out just being a perfect blend of everything. And did I you, know. Did, did any of them use any seasoning called Tony's? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was the, I think they probably used that in almost every single dish that we had. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 that's like the, the number one prime. You have to have that, or, you know, we're, we're kind of done here kind of situation. Yeah, see, I didn't, I didn't, uh, they, they had a bunch of seasonings there that they were like, they gave out to a couple of the other people that were hosting. And, um, unfortunately I wasn't on that list, but dude, the amount of flavor is just unreal. We actually, when I lived in Colorado, we had some, some guys from Baton Rouge, they came up and they did a giant crawfish boil and, and then they brought alligator. And I had never had, I don't think I had ever had either at that point. And holy cow, that converted me to a Louisiana food fan yeah. in a hurry. Yeah, that's, 
Yeah, the the alligator, you you can't go wrong with that. And which naturally everybody knows the crawfish here is it's it's something you just you got to try, you know. Oh yeah, they. I mean, they had to teach me everything. They had to teach me how to actually get the meat out. They taught me about like sucking the juice out of the head of it. They talked about yeah. I mean, they they showed me all the different ways to do it. Now going back, it probably it it took me a little while in Texas to figure it out again like how to get the meat out of the tail just because you know i haven't had it that much but watching those guys do it dude they could clean a crawfish they can clean 50 crawfish in the time it took me to do five. Oh yeah yeah you get used to it you know it's kind of it's one of them things like you know you've been around it for forever and you've done it forever so it really just comes natural to a to a native louisiana resident you know oh yeah uh yeah growing up around it being around it i mean you were probably experiencing it from a, a really young age, but um, oh, yeah. let's, let's jump into some outdoor stuff. Cause I mean, I could talk about food. I feel like hunting and food are my two favorite things on the planet. I guess I should throw yeah. my wife and kids in there also. Um, but uh, no, I could talk about food forever. As far as the outdoors goes though. I mean, you're into a little bit of everything. Would you mind maybe uh, listing out like what what would be the top five things if I told you right now you could go out and hunt or fish or do any of it? What would be numbers one through five for you? I would have. Does, does this include fishing or is this just oh. strictly hunting? No, that that includes fishing. Okay, so you know the I'm a huge whitetail bow hunter. It's I really got addicted to that at a young age, and uh, that would probably have to be number one. But, you know, if, if you would have asked me that question last year, I, it would have been mainly whitetail deer. But, dude, I, I have severely recently gotten really addicted to coyote hunting. Yep. And I really, because, you know, I started the YouTube thing, and we – um. We we did a lot of we we tried to do a lot of whitetail deer. I think I started it in December. So you know, right then deer season was ending for us right around January. And so I kind of was picking up, you know, just trying to find new ways because you know that's kind of a dead time right there. You know, fishing still kind of early. Deer season's ending. You're kind of just taking a breather. Yep. And I was like, y'all. I was talking to my buddies. I was like, we we got to find something else. You know that that will be action packed so we could get some YouTube stuff going. And we. We bought, you know, just some hand calls for coyote hunting. And um, we kind of got some, you know, it, it was two or three times we went. We didn't really hear back anything. So I told him, I was like, y'all, we're, I watched a bunch of the guys. And I'm like, you know, I, I think because we had the, some cottontails, you know, mainly just prey stuff. And um, I told him, I was like, I, I've, been, I've been researching a lot, doing a bunch of looking into some forms. I think we're using the wrong calls for this time of year. So we all kind of put in and bought us a Fox Pro and dude, it's, it's, it's addicting. Like, I mean, it's, I love the fact of coyote hunting that, you know, you can, you can sit out somewhere and within minutes you're in the action. Like, I mean, it, you know, deer hunting, you're kind of, you know, it might take a few hours and, you know, sometimes maybe not, but coyote hunting, it's so, it can be so action packed so quickly. Yeah. That's, and I mean, I, I, I I've gotten pretty addicted to it, and yeah, we I ended up buying a um, cause you know it's hot here this time of year. It's like 80 degrees right now, but um, I bought a a race, just a night vision scope that I could record through, and man, it's it's fun. 
dude the the amount of activity that you can get into with coyote hunting like like you said it can be minutes and i don't know what yeah. kind of terrain you're hunting but when i switch from like pasture hunting the nice thing about hunting a pasture or like a big open area uh is you can see a long ways so you can see them coming from way yeah. out when i switch from that to hunting in the woods though holy cow dude i've never had so many coyotes come in so quickly in one week we had multiple hunts where the coyotes from the time we turned the call on to the time we had a dead coyote in front of us was under three minutes some of them under two yeah. minutes and one of them was under one minute and i was yeah, like we, we we realized that too about in the woods you know there it seems like they're a lot more responsive because you know they they're not running out into the middle of a field you know oh yeah i mean they don't they don't have a whole lot of area that they can see either and so like they're just yeah. coming to the call trying to get right up on it they've got the cover to use but i think only one of those kind of snuck in all the other ones were like at a dead sprint almost took a bite out of our call and then because uh, we had i think we were using a lucky duck for a while i really do want to get a fox pro that's my next big uh big item that i'm going to purchase for hunting just because they're a different level they really are they do it right. They know yeah, exactly. They they know exactly what sounds to put on it. Uh, it just seems like a well made product. Anyways, um, yeah, they came in because we had a lucky duck and it had like the crazy critter ish tail on it that would just swing around and yeah, spin. Yeah. And dude, they came in and they circled it like they were just both about to jump on it and one of them well they both took off pretty quickly they were like crap that's not a real rabbit we're gone and uh we ended up shooting one of them the other one i think it was the other one that came back it could have been a different one but five minutes later we shot another one without even moving yeah yeah it's funny you say that one of the one of the very first hunts we actually did with the uh the fox pro and this i got this all on video it's actually on the page right now but we sat up, me and one of my buddies, we just sat up, you know, it was, I think, a Saturday morning. We didn't have anything to do. So we was like, all right, dude, we'll get out there before daylight, throw the call out in the decoy out and see if we can get going. And um, we sat there a while. It was probably 30, 45 minutes into it. And now what I know about coyote hunting, we probably should have got up and moved to a different field. But, you know, we were still learning. And so we're sitting there, and we're about 45 minutes into it, and I kept, on all the forums I watched, dude, all they, you know, there was, there was always a median about Coyote Pup Distress 3 that Fox Pro has. And I'm not sure if Lucky Duck and, and all them, if that's the same call number or whatever, but dude, I start hitting that Pup Distress and within like two minutes, we had two run out right beside the box thing we were sitting in. And um, one of them actually like, tried to bite the speaker the fox pro speaker when he run by and you Jeez. know naturally when they never stopped and we were you know we were in the learning curve so we didn't really know how to set up and you know the wind and but anyways he actually tried to bite the speaker and you know once once they realized it, it was you know it was something bad there it wasn't a real rabbit or it wasn't a pup whatever they were gone but i was just like man like them dudes really like they when they first come out they never had a a second thought about that not being real like that that's yeah. how crisp and clear that sound was that they 
they were 100% as soon as they come out of the woods knowing that there was a pup in distress over there. And I was just, at that point, I was like, okay, Fox Pro, take all my money. You, you deserved <laughs> it. So, Dude, they've got so many cool products. And I feel like, I feel like coyote hunting is something that would be really easy to get people into. Obviously, it's one of the closer things to a dog that you can hunt. And so that might be yeah. a barrier to entry. You know, like I, I know people that hunt other things that love dogs and they won't hunt coyotes because it just reminds them too much of a dog. Well, when you see on trail camera them carrying away house cats yeah, or you, fawns you or damage a coyote can do, yeah, it's yeah. Oh yeah, I'm like, yeah. listen, I I enjoy hunting everything, which is why I really enjoy hunting coyotes because you know they limit my opportunities to hunt a lot of other things. The amount of coyote when I see yep. a lot of coyotes on camera, I hardly see deer, and vice versa, yep. um, because you know they're that closely tied together. The deer population can severely swing based on the coyote population in an area, and so we try to keep it in check and. Like you said, man, it's turned into one of my favorite things. Just this past year, we've really, really gotten into it. And uh, I didn't I didn't even know this, but we can actually use thermal and night vision here in Missouri. And it used to not be that way. You couldn't use even a flashlight while coyote hunting. But now they've changed it to where yeah, there's a season where you can do it. So that's going to be another investment that I make uh, probably yeah, this I summer. When I when I first got, you know, I kind of had the idea of coyote hunting. I, I called the, uh, which we call them the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries, but the game wardens. Yep. And I called up there, you know, just their their department office, and I was mainly just asking them, you know, what are the what are the restrictions, what are the requirements, what do I need to do legally to shoot a coyote? And dude, they were just like, you know, anything. I mean, it doesn't matter. There's no limit. 365 days a year spotlight and thermals night vision i mean the only the only you know law against it is you cannot shoot off a public road which you know that's yeah if you're a hunter you know that's that's bad in any anything you know but yeah i mean that's and i think that's kind of the aspect that's really drawn me to coyote hunting is that you know it's there's no restrictions you know you can really do it however you want to do it and it's so easy, you know, I mean, which now that I have, you know, a night vision, if I get bored around the house one night and I'm like, dude, I don't have anything to do in the morning, you can just go sit somewhere for 10, 15 minutes and, and call it a day, you know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's so easy to get into it. And for anybody that, you know, is, is kind of wanting to start getting into hunting, I'm thinking about, you know, this is kind of something I'd like to do. I 100% recommend coyote hunting because it's, it's really just a great way to get out there and it's, so you can get into it so cheaply and so you know it's there's no limitations really see i want to i want to experience the night hunting for them we've done it in the past like if it's a really clear night out or a full moon with snow on the ground like you can hunt without any light without any artificial light at all and call coyotes in and that's a lot of fun but yeah the the amount of activity like how active coyotes are at night is a thousand times more than daytime and oh yeah i can't yeah, imagine it's, it's actually hard. having the equipment to hunt them with night vision or thermal or whatever um that that's a whole nother level and so i'm pumped about that because experiencing night vision and thermal hunting in in texas for pigs and then we did see coyotes while we were doing that also but 
dude, I, I'm so hooked. And unfortunately that is an entirely different price bracket of equipment. Yeah. 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 The, the thermals, you know, it's, yeah, you, you, you gotta really, really know that that's, that's what you want to be doing when, when you purchase a thermal. Cause it's, it's not, it's, it's the exact opposite of what I was just talking about how, you know, it's, it's a cheap hunting. It, the thermal, you, you gotta be in it, you know, I mean, you, you, you have to justify paying for a thermal. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're not cheap, but once you have one, man, they are, they are worth it. And, um, like I said, I'm going to try to pick one up probably between now and this fall. Cause our, our night vision or artificial light, I don't even know what kind of season you would call it that you can use, um, for coyotes. It's, it's late in the year to early spring. And so it actually just ended. So I've got probably seven months before I could actually use it again. So I've got time to save up. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It's, that's a, what you know, you were, you were talking about the hog hunting. Texas, I'm surprised they didn't pay y'all to come shoot the hog there. Really, <laughs> truly. I mean, they, would you, I'm sure you've seen it more than anybody. They, they have a problem. Oh, dude, it's so bad. It's, so, and, it know, is we're, unreal. We're neighboring, neighboring states and we're, we have a bunch of hogs, but we have nothing compared to what Texas has. And I can't imagine what the farmers go to there because we, you know, you hear about all these small-time farmers around here, just the damage per acreage that the hogs, you know, ruin. I mean, it's just gone. And, yeah, the te- I feel so bad for Texas, man, because they, their farmers over there are, are getting smoked just nonstop with them. And, you know, you go shoot – I can't remember what the exact number was with it, but, you know, you the 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 ratio for shooting one pig compared to what his pack can produce is just insane and it it really seems like they'll just never get rid of them no and that that's kind of what they've succumbed to like the concept that they're here to say there's nothing that we're going to be able to do to kill all the pigs and so now it's just a man matter of managing them and living with them and you're going to lose a certain amount of your crops you're going to lose a certain amount of your wildlife habitat for you know uh good good bedding areas for deer you're going to lose spots where where deer can um drop fawns the turkey population any ground nesting animals the the population of those are not going to continue to grow or they might decline even um that yeah they're they're just a problem and so far, nobody's come up with a solution, and it doesn't sound like there's a lot of hope for a permanent solution for nope. that problem. Nope. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Louisiana, you guys have them. Here in Missouri, we've got them. They haven't, I haven't been anywhere that they are a serious issue yet, but I know that they, <laughs> that's kind of how it starts everywhere. And once they're, once they're there, they become a serious issue in a hurry. So, I'm hoping we can yeah. we can manage them and control them, but you know Arkansas has got them bad. Texas, Louisiana, um, Oklahoma, there there's states all over the place that have bad hogs. And uh, if we can all come together as wildlife agencies and um, outdoors men and women, there might be some way to control them. But for now, shoot as many as you can. Enjoy some of the meat. Yep. But it's full on eradication and not really hunting anymore. Yep. 
So as far but, as fishing yeah, goes, because you guys have a lot of fishing what, there too. Yeah, well, yeah. I was just going to say to get back to the original question before we got on this coyote rabbit hole here. It uh, yeah. The the fishing here, you know, it's there's that's one thing I do love about Louisiana. There's there's so many different you know ways and types of fish to catch. But like I was saying earlier, you know, my parents there was nobody in America that was a more diehard deer hunter than my father. And um, over the past years, he actually, he started, he went with a buddy and kind of did the, the off the coast fishing, you know, way down south. And um, it started out with just red fishing, speckled trout fishing. And he got so hooked on it. And he, we, we started going down there with him and we all kind of got hooked on it. And um, that blossom, you know, the, the redfish thing kind of give out. And now he is, huge into red snapper fishing and amberjack fishing so we you know there's probably five or six weekends a year that we're down there for four or five days just just red fishing and red snapper fishing but you know down here the the red snapper season is only open on weekends so you know if you're there you get there thursday you know we'll spend a couple hours red fishing and that that is one thing i am super excited for for my youtube channel because that, that is some action-packed stuff when when you're ripping a a 10 pound red snapper off the bottom of the ocean floor you know it's 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 something insane dude but that's a whole different they, uh, language to me man i it, it seems like those species of fish keep popping up in conversations that i have with people who live near the gulf like yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, red snapper, it's that's kind of your, you know, your kind of entry level. I would say your entry level offshore fish because there are tons of charters that, you know, that's kind of their bread and butter. That's that's what they like to do because it's not really hard. You know, you find a location, you know, a a set of rocks, uh, an old barge, they something like that, and dude, there are thousands of them down there. And the the real aspect, you know, that kind of hooked us with the the offshore fishing is, you know, dude, there, there's millions of species of fish in the Gulf. You know, you never know what you're going to pull up. And even though you're red snapper fishing, you know, there's always that kind of hope of what did I just hook into, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's just a crazy concept to me. You know, growing up, we, we had, you know, a dozen species of fish in the lakes that I would go out in, but the ocean is a different level man and you get out there yeah. and like you said not knowing what's going to come up you could be fishing for one thing and have like something five times that size come grab your bait and take off with it yeah. um but yeah. redfish i i've been hearing people talk i've had multiple invites to go red fishing and i'm pretty excited about it in fact i'm going to be in florida a couple weeks from now maybe two weeks three weeks from now and my buddy's like, dude, we're getting on redfish. You're coming down. We're going to catch a bunch. And so I'm excited. That's going to be my first experience. What What is your favorite yeah. out of everything? Down there, like that fishing-wise down there? Yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of hard to say. You know, I, I really, which when we got into it, we, we did the red fishing thing. And that's all we did. And if if anybody listening is familiar with, you know, just a largemouth bass, it's, 
it's a lot like the fishing is a lot like that but um the just the size and the like aggression of a redfish is it a bass hangs no chance and all the bass fishermen are cussing me right now but it hangs no <laughs> chance to a redfish like they're so aggressive and the the sight fishing part of it you know you see all these guys they got these these big decks on the front where they're casting that you know just the sight fishing whenever red te- redfish is tailing that it's it's so fun because you know you, you know he's there and you're doing everything in your power to just get a bait in front of him because they are so aggressive and down there that that would probably be my favorite but like i said i do like the aspect of offshore fishing and you know having the the not knowing aspect of it you know you, you never know but red fishing in general it's that's probably my go-to down there just you know which I, i'm not a huge that's one thing that my channel probably will not offer a lot i'm not a huge bass fisherman i just i'm not i never really there was nobody in my family that was really you know die hard bass fisherman so i don't really know all the you know the tips and the little secrets to it you know every now and then we'll kind of get away and go but the red fishing it's yeah it it hooked me at a very early age and it's we love it you know it's 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 hard to describe it you know sight fishing until you've done it but you know there's there's guys down there that kayak fish and i'm i don't have a kayak i'm not really a big kayaker but i can see how somebody would get absolutely hooked into kayak fishing for redfish because the marsh down there you know most of the most of the places that you really want to go that you really want to fish are two to three foot deep i mean it's you know them redfish are shallow in that water down there in the marsh and them kayak fishermen dude they can get in them spots that no boat would dream about and it'll kind of hang the red boat on you know you're sitting there because the marsh is so you know all the grass there most of it's you know chest high if you're standing in the water and you can see them kayak fishermen in them little pockets and dude they will just be smoking them and i i can see how how one would get addicted to that but it's like I, I was telling my wife i was like you know i, I kind of like to get a kayak you know just a small one and she said she told me she was like oh you know there's no way you could do that because i would look up and be five miles from the camp and realize <laughs> you gotta paddle this thing back so i think i'm gonna skip out on that but yeah red fishing it's it, it it's it holds a special plate in my heart it, it's a whole lot of fun All right, guys, I need to take a quick second to tell you about a product that I've been using for quite a while now. It's called Bull Elk Beard Oil. If you've spent any amount of time in the outdoors, whether it's on the mountain, in the marsh, or in the woods, you've felt the effects of the wind, the sun, and the cold on your face. What this product does, it helps you look better, feel more confident, and it helps your beard keep its moisture. Not to mention, it smells great, so now my wife can't complain as much after I come home from a long week of elk hunting. Now I need to tell you, I've gotten to know Brian the founder over the past couple months, and he is an awesome guy. Brian made sure that all of these oils are made out of clean products right here in the USA. He also loves to give back to the outdoor community, whether that's through fundraisers for public land acquisitions, or even helping donate money to cover the surgery cost of duck dogs. He's an amazing guy, and he makes an amazing product. So go check out bullelkbeardoil.com. And be sure to check out the subscription options so that you don't have to run out of your favorite facial hair product. Plus, you can use the code NOMADIC and get 20% off your order. 
Yeah, I'm excited to experience it. I've been more recently than ever, but like I remember I was a counselor at a camp years and years ago, and there was a kid that came. His dad came to pick him up, and he invited me. He's like, dude, if you ever get down there, uh, we'll take you out red fishing. And I was like, don't know anything about it. I started looking into it at that point, and it sounds like it's just – tons of action once you get into them and then the sight fishing aspect of it is so cool to me uh like getting out there actually spotting the fish casting out in front of it and i really want to experience it with my fly rod because i have i just got a fly fishing setup and i'm slowly getting into it and i say slowly i feel like i'm about to really dive into it uh here this summer but I think that'd be a lot of fun is trying to get out and cast in front of them with a fly setup. Well, I'm fixing to throw uh, a new bucket list item for you. My dad actually went with one of his buddies and they went on a charter and um, I'm not sure the location. I'll be completely lying to you if I told you, but they flew down on one of them little small planes, you know, that land on the water. I don't know what the name of that is, but um, they flew down to an Island it was, I want to say it was out of Louisiana, but I'm not sure. This was a long time ago, but they went to an island and actually fly fish for redfish. And, dude, they, they loaded a stringer, just slap full of them. And dude. he said that that was, you know, he, you know, around here, we don't, we don't really have anywhere to wader fish, you know, that like, like you guys have with the trout up north and stuff. But he, he said it was insane. And he, he said that is no doubt a trip, but he'll be taken again. That's sweet. What a, what's the best tasting fish? Cause again, I'm so unfamiliar, I'm so unfamiliar with the ocean and it's all foreign to me. So I don't even know like which fish you really want to go after as far as eating goes. The man, they, which, you know, like we were talking about the Louisiana cooking, dude, they're, they're all so good. The redfish are amazing. Um, probably like the go-to you know, best tasting fish that everybody kind of goes for down there is probably speckled trout because I mean, it, it's such a clean meat and you know, it's so whitened, but we actually caught a, um, a few cobia last year and dude throwing them on the blacktop grill with some blacking season that will rock your world, dude. <laughs> but you know, yeah, pro- pro- I would say probably, probably trout. I mean, cause there's, there's so many different ways people cook trout that, you know, the, they each to their own, you know, they're all, you'll never get disappointed eating a speckled trout, should I say, you know? Yeah. That, I mean, that makes sense. Like trout, trout really is good. And that's the one issue that I've had getting into fly fishing is there's so many like fly fishing snobs out there where like you don't ever keep any of the fish. Dude, when I go fishing, I'm going fishing because I enjoy eating things. The, the yeah. only exception is bass. Like I'll go and fish this farm pond, uh, on the hunting property that, that I hunt on. And I'll just go out there in the summer when there's no other outdoor activities, or I'll go and work on a food plot or maintenance trail cameras. And then I'll bring my pole with me to fish for bass. But other than that, if I'm intentionally going out to go fishing, I'm doing it. Cause I hope to bring some meat back. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's yeah we're, we're we're the same way in that you know I, i'm kind of with you on the bass thing it's i can see why you know a lot of these bass fishermen want to you know catch and release because you know it grows bigger fish you know you don't you don't really get excited for that two three pounder like you would that eight or nine pounder and 
yeah, it, they're, we don't really do a whole lot of catch and release. And really the only time we release them is into the grease. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how I'm going to be with just about everything. Like if I catch it and it's legal, it's, it's coming home with me and, uh, yeah. Trout fishing. I really do want to get into trout fishing like big time because some of the places that takes you like trout, like they really enjoy cold, clean, clear water. And so when you're trout fishing, typically you're in spots that are pretty amazing with that cold, clean and clear water and they're wild. And so I, I'm interested in definitely getting out West and being like in the middle of the mountains somewhere casting for trout. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're actually, me and my family have a trip booked to go to Alaska and catch halibut. So I am stupid ready for that trip are you doing that this year we are no that is next year we we kind of already had a, a bigger trip booked this year but yeah we're going next year and i have no idea what the name of the place in, is in alaska my dad actually i think he won it at a a big which it's cca foundation it's a big fishing foundation down here in louisiana but I don't know if he won it i think he probably had to base a little bit of money for it at least but yeah it's it's gonna be amazing. My my uncle actually did it, and dude, I didn't realize how big those fish got. Dude, hundreds of pounds they can get. Yeah, yeah. But to go back to go back to the other trip, I was I was kind of excited to tell you this about this. But we actually May fifth of this year, we are leaving to go to Cabo and catch marlin. So I'm oh my super goodness. excited to film that and try to catch a marlin but my family went down a few years ago and dude they they caught some just insane fish see that would be fun i yeah. so i did the alaska thing we went up there and twice now i've tried to catch halibut didn't catch one but i was with uh, a couple guys my buddy jonathan he caught a halibut and i don't remember now i think it was between 70 and 90 pounds um but same type of deal like you're you're fishing just what you said, like there's a wreck or some, some type of structure down there and there's no telling what fish you're going to catch. And we, we dropped down and the prime, uh, the primary goal was to catch halibut, but we caught yellow eye, rockfish, lingcod, halibut, salmon, you name it. And, but do those halibut, man, they taste so good and they are gigantic. I was, I was just fixing to ask you because I have done like no research on this at all, but I, I was going to ask you if they tasted good, but apparently you found out the, the good way. Oh, they do. They taste amazing. And I can't remember what the yield is. I think they have one of the highest like meat to weight ratios out of any fish. I want to say it's them. Like salmon has, salmon has a pretty high one too. But on a halibut, you get four giant fillets off those. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's mm -hmm. definitely an experience. You're gonna have a ton of fun um, when you go do that. And marlin fishing, man, dude. I it's funny because I've never really identified as like a diehard fisherman, right? It was always hunting growing up. Like I loved hunting. I would go fishing and I enjoyed it, but I was diehard about hunting and. Now, if you, if you were to hop on my Instagram and see all the videos that pop up that are like catered towards me based on videos that I've watched in the past, so many of them are fishing 
I just can't seem to scroll past a fishing video anymore. Like I have to sit and watch it, see what they're catching, see how big it is and the amount of fishing opportunities you can get into. And like, especially most places you can get a fishing license pretty cheap, whether or not you have all the right equipment, that's one thing. But if you can rent it, even when you're traveling, it's totally worth it to get out and experience some type of outdoor activity. Yeah. Yeah. There's, the, the you know the the possibilities with fishing are absolutely endless like there's so many different ways so many different fish you can actually you know catch and that's you know it's it's i really love the aspect of it's different every single place in america you know oh yeah yeah it doesn't matter i mean you could be going for the same species in a different state and you might fish for them completely differently or you could be in the same lake fishing for 15 different species and it, I feel like fishing is a really fun thing to get kids into too. Like you go and you, you drop a worm in most lakes in the country and you're going to catch a bluegill or a crappie or a perch or a sunfish. And for kids to experience that success uh, or anybody really like to catch your first fish, it's, it's a lot of fun and uh, people can, people can kind of discover how easy it is to go out and fish. Not that you're going to catch something every time, not that you're going to catch a monster, but there's always opportunities to go and catch fish. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you were talking about the kid thing. Actually, one of my most recent YouTube videos, we took my, my six-year-old nephew and this lady, one of my primary jobs customers, she, um, she's got a, she's actually selling her home. And she's got a clear water pond that is just absolutely loaded with bass. And they told me they were going. And I was like, I got to go. I, I got to go film my six-year-old nephew absolutely smoking the bass. And, dude, he, he had a blast. But, yeah, you you can get a, a kid hooked on fishing so easily. I mean, it's because, you know, it's, it's not really like hunting. You know, you, you kind of have that action most of the time all day, really. Yeah. Yeah, the the whole idea behind fishing, I mean, it can be super laid back or it can be really active, you know, when you're sight fishing. I I talked to a guy recently about spear fishing though. And man, I'm pumped about that. I think that is gonna I, I wanna go do it so bad. And I think that is gonna be one of the like you're you're just pairing hunting and fishing together, but you're underwater. Yeah. And yeah. like and I enjoy bull fishing. What was that? I said, yeah, the, the guys that do that, they are a different breed because they that's it's a lot that goes into spearfishing. Oh yeah. But I'm like, dude, the the places that it would take you, and like even though you might be right in your backyard, like there's freshwater spearfishing opportunities all over. And then obviously salt water is a whole different level. But to go freshwater spearfishing, you might be on the same river or the same lake that you go all the time. But once you go under the surface, it's it's like you're you've traveled somewhere completely different. It's like you're in a totally different world. And so I'm excited. I'm pretty pumped and I'm gonna start working on collecting um fishing gear for spear fishing. And I, I think there's gonna be a lot in the future year to two years that I get into as far as fishing goes. I don't know why. Uh, at 33 years old, I'm kind of getting a reignited passion for fishing sports. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 
fishing is just a fun way to get out the house, you know, because, you know, most times around here, you know, it doesn't really take a whole lot to just go fishing. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, what what other things do you have going on this year? I mean, you've got that trip down to, you said Cabo. Is that where you're going? Yeah, it's, it's Cabo. It's in Mexico. We're actually doing that. I think I, well, I said May 5th, and I think that sounds right. We're leaving down there for like a two or three day trip. But, you know, other than that, we're I'm going to continue to coyote hunt. And uh, I just, dude, I, I can't get, get coyotes out of my mind. It's, it's, it's insane. I, I'd never, which, you know, naturally, you know, everybody, you're deer hunting, you see a coyote, it, auto, it automatically turns into a coyote hunt. But actually hunting for them has just hooked me. So I'm going to be doing a lot of that. And uh, we're, we're fixing to start, like I was saying, go down red fishing, you know, when the weather gets right. But, you know, other than that, that I kind of just started the YouTube thing to just, you know, see where it goes, you know, just kind of follow along with everything I already do. So I don't, we don't really have anything, you know, stupid permanently booked except for the, you know, the Cabo and the Alaska trip. But I, I'm just, you know, I'm kind of one of them guys. I'm all in for everything. You know, if we, we kind of, you know, every now and then we'll take some trips up to Missouri for, you know, public land deer hunting and, you know, just kind of have my finger in all of it. And I never, I've never, you know, really did the, the public land in different states till a few years ago. And um, we went up to one of the local, I guess, I don't know if they call them WMAs up there, but, you know, local refuge up in Missouri, one of the, on, on the more eastern side of it, I think, was what it was. And, dude, we had a blast up there. The first few days of the weather was just horrible, and a monstrous cold front blew in. And, dude, we, we had the chance of several big deer that, you know, it, it didn't happen, but I had probably one of the biggest deer I've seen out in the wild within eight yards of me at one time. And Jeez. I reached back, I was actually rattling and I had my black rags and I was, I heard him running to me. I seen that there was a smaller buck with him and I reached around the tree to hang my rattles up and I was busted. So, but Dang. you know, stuff like that, that, you know, I, you get a, a high class, whitetail within eight yards of you stuff like that is what what really made me want to start filming my own stuff because dude it it's hard for someone to put into words you know it's hard to make people believe you that that actually happened but you know with this video and thing you have as much proof as anyone on the human world could need oh yeah yeah i'm hoping but, <laughs> i'm hoping one day to have like my own videographer that just follows me around on all my adventures because I yeah. keep buying all this video equipment. Like at one point I, I hopped online and bought three Tacticams. I bought a GoPro, like the newest GoPro that they came out with. I bought a 4K video camera and I'm like super pumped to start doing all this different stuff and or filming all so, this different so while, stuff. While, and then I never film it. Have you, have you got a chance to use your Tacticam? Cause I have one, but I have not used it at all yet i have i've used i so i bought two tacticam 5.0s and then i t bought the tacticam fisheye or whatever i don't remember the exact name of it um i used them for a number of different things actually i brought some i brought them out for waterfowl hunting um i've brought them out fishing and i've brought them out frog gigging coyote hunting 
but I, maybe it's just because I didn't do my due diligence and read through all the manuals and stuff. Uh, I just haven't, I haven't got great video out of them yet. I got some with yeah. the, I got some with, um, the fish eye one, but then I thought that was waterproof, you know, being a camera for fishing and it went yeah. underwater. It went underwater once, I think while I was frog gigging and I had water all over inside the lens and the camera. And I was like, Oh, well, oh, man. there goes that. That was fun while it lasted. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah. Other, someone had mentioned there's like a feature that, it'll turn on when you lift your gun up, but I just don't like not having a screen, not knowing what setting it's on each time. I know the led indicator has different like colors to tell you what setting it's on, but I don't remember that offhand. And yeah, I, and you know, sometimes it's on three times zoom. And so like I had one of the best waterfowl hunting trips of my life last year and I didn't really get any good footage from it because it was too zoomed in while I was hunting. Yeah. So anyways, that, I've had, that is one I've the, struggled with them. Yeah. That, that is one of the good things about the, you know, the GoPros, you can actually see what your footage is going to look like. That's, that's probably the only, the only really downside I have with the cam. I love that it's so small and, you know, you can just throw that little dude in your pocket. But like I said, I haven't, I haven't got to film anything with it yet. So I, I was just curious about what you thought of it. Yeah. I mean, in all reality, I'm probably going to get rid of my Tacticams and switch over to GoPros. And I'm going to start filming everything with those. I'm going to get the uh, remote for it. They make like basically a watch remote for the GoPro. And so you can push one button and it'll turn on every one of your GoPros to start filming. So say I have one out by my deer decoy or on my head or attached to my bow or my rifle. Like once I push that button, it records on all of them until I tell it to stop recording and uh, there's just so many features like GoPro obviously was like the big one to start the whole um, miniature micro camera movement. And they've stayed ahead yeah. of the game uh, at every turn, it seems like. And so I think I think I'm just going to switch over to where all I have is GoPros moving forward. Yeah, yeah, the, the GoPros are really, really reliable. I and mean, then little dudes are tough, tough, tough. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't worry about mine a whole lot. And the accessories everybody makes accessories for gopros and so like you can go online yeah. and buy the knockoff pack that has like 70 different mounts and attachments for 50 bucks whereas you know with tacticam good luck finding a bunch of tacticam attachments and maybe there's more out now but when i first bought mine trying to find knockoff stuff so i didn't have to pay the pri premium price for it um it wasn't super easy yeah yeah I don't know. There's, which you know, I I have a buddy that he he used his Tacticam to just kind of do a self. He didn't really know if he wanted to get into filming or not, so he just bought a Tacticam, and they make that little thing that goes into your stabilizer for your bow. And yep. The only thing, dude, you know, there was once the shot, once he shot, there was so much, you know, movement, vibration. Which clearly, you know, he's sitting there on the deer. You know, you can see the deer perfectly, but as soon as the shot you know there's so much vibration in your bow that you couldn't i mean you you would have you'd have never saw where that arrow went using it so that's that's the only really thing i see with it with the the bow aspect and you know the gun thing that's kind of the same thing you know if you have it on your gun 
and you shoot, you know, you're going to have that recoil where you're not going to be able to see anything. So I don't know. I've, I've really just been kind of doing some research on different ways to use it for stability stabilization if i can get that long word out of my mouth mm. but yeah I, I don't know i the gopros are so reliable but i, I was excited to kind of get it and just try it out you know because that's the cool thing about video and there's endless possibilities to do with video oh yeah no i think like i've messed with the gopro image stabilization already and holy cow i i remember on the mountain lion hunt that i went on this year how bumpy the road was i'm talking like it was so bumpy that i was whacking my head on the window at times like all of a sudden you just drop off a rock like climb up on do another one and looking back at my gopro footage you would have thought we were on train tracks with how smooth it was like it it was a totally different level and so that kind of sold me gosh i feel like this is turning into a an episode that's just a giant promo for gopros but uh i swear by them now well, they might... I, I don't think i'll ever switch back yeah yeah it's it's and and you know i, I kind of want to touch on this topic you know I've, I've always wanted i've always wanted to have my career in the hunting industry somewhere i didn't want to do the guide thing because you know i i like pulling the trigger just as well as anybody does but you know i started the youtube thing and i i didn't realize you know how how cheaply you can kind of get into it dude i mean you have a gopro you're rocking i mean you you have everything you need just to start out and you know if there's anybody listening to this you if you want to self-film your own hunt it it's difficult you know it's hard to get the shot on camera but you're you know i always kind of thought a camera would be a couple thousand dollars you know you you can get into it reasonably cheap you know it's there, you know, there's so many different cameras, so many different videos that that you can get with these things. But you know, just your average GoPro, you can get at your and you know your phone. You have an amazing camera in your phone. You can get into it, you know, pretty pretty cost efficiently. But if there's anybody out there, you know, you you can get into it. And I don't know if I've said this three or four times now, but you, it's not it's not as expensive as you think. You know, I, I have maybe now. A thousand or two dollars in just my film and stuff but you don't need that to start out you know no no i mean like you said the gopros you can get them pretty cheap most people's phones take as good of video quality as gopros do um but you know you're not going to have four four cell phones out there at different angles um mm. but i mean they make all the attachments they make attachments to clip your phone onto your shotgun onto your bow um, they make tree stand camera arms just for cell phones. So there's, as far as the video game go, or like the video world goes, you can get everything you need. Like you said, really cheap. You can still take high quality video. I think the big point at which you start spending money is when you get into zoom lenses, you know, like, yeah. Yep. For your cell phone, you can buy some, I think. I mean, well, I've had them in the past. They weren't great ones, but surely there's a company that makes a good zoom lens that you can actually attach to your phone. Um, you know, you can get some stuff for GoPros, but once you really want to reach out there and film something at 300 yards, that's when you start spending the money. Yep, yep, yep. Well, um, Clay, I think... One one question I have to ask because I ask this to everybody. 
what is what's like your number one hunt? Your your go to if you could if you could hunt one thing in your life and it was the big ticket item that you that you go on, what is your bucket list hunt? My all time bucket list hunt, and this this has been it for me for forever as long as I can remember has got to be shooting a mule deer with my bow free range and I don't I don't really know why you know there's there's so much like a whitetail in looks which now I wouldn't say that but you know there I don't know my my mom shot one a few years ago and um just her telling me about the story of which you know she shot hers with a rifle but I've always been super big into bow hunting and I have heard so many stories about how hard it is to shoot a free range mule deer with your bow that I think really drawn me in. But yeah, it would have to be a, a mule deer with my bow for sure. And if I live long enough, that, that is 100% going to happen. Dude, you've got opportunities for that. Not that far. In fact, actually, before we talked on the show, I was recording with a guy from Oklahoma and they've got over the counter tags that you can get for Oklahoma mule deer. And that's not far from you at all. Texas has some mule deer. Um, there's, there's states all over as soon as you get, I mean, maybe one extra state over from the Mississippi river. Uh, but you could, you could go hunt those and you could do it pretty cheap, man. Yeah. yeah it, it, it's going to happen for sure. But I really want to shoot an elk with my bow too. That's, that's kind of up there. And you know, I, I really, and I know this is, this is a different ball field, but I really would love to shoot a wolf in Canada with my bow. And Dang. I really, I really didn't know that was, you know, a huge thing, the wolf hunting thing. But once I started coyote hunting, I was watching a bunch of videos and whatnot. And these wolf, I, I can't remember the name. I would love to, to support them right now. There were some guys up in Canada that did that offered like a bow hunting deal and dude it to to see i never knew how big a wolf was they're giant man yeah but that the the wolf deal and dude i I have so many things i want to do it's not even funny i would love to go down to mexico to i think in, in argentina i think where they do the the humongous dove hunt yep and I really want to do that. And I would love to shoot a, a fallow deer in the wild. That's kind of up there too, but that's, that's a more cost thing than anything. <laughs> yeah. That, that's the problem with social media, with YouTube, with all of the different media outlets that you can get content quickly is now we know about all of these other opportunities and each one sounds as interesting as the one we watched before. Like, even watching yep. Meat Eater, I find out about so many different hunts on Meat Eater that I'm like, dang, that's that's an opportunity, that's a possibility that I could just go and do. That sounds awesome. Like shooting a nil guy in Texas. What the heck? Who would have thought that that giant antelope species lived in Texas? Or, you know, not natively, but obviously there's there's wild herds of them now. And yeah, uh, yeah. When, once you start watching that stuff, then I, I get down the rabbit hole of what to do for cheap. Uh, and there's people, you know, that they travel the country and they hunt animals all over the place on a budget, camping in the bed of their truck with minimal equipment. And 
it, it turns into not even as much like what what can I afford to do as much as it is how much time is my wife going to let me get away with to go out and yep. yep yeah there's there's I love hearing about you know public I love the aspect of public land in America because I've actually and I would once again I would love to sponsor to to give you all this guy's name, but he's a guy on TikTok that all he, and he, he's possibly showed up on your TikTok, but he, he just talks about all the public land hunting opportunities in America. And dude, I didn't realize, you know, how easy it would be to go to these different places and hunt public land. And actually, you know, if, even if you didn't know anything, do a little research and have success doing it. Oh yeah. When you can, when you can travel and hunt public land, one, you're not having to pay for, for permission to get on private land or leasing or anything like that. But there are so many big deer that are on public land. There's so many coyotes and, and hogs and doves and ducks and geese and turkey. And, and, you know, once you get to other States, obviously a bunch of, uh, like mule deer and elk and moose and mountain goat. Like there's so many different opportunities on public land. And really, I think that's a big reason why I started the Western rookie podcast is because I want to share those opportunities with people. Like you don't have to break the bank to go on an elk hunt. You know, you might have to reprioritize what you're spending your money on for a little while. You might have to save up here and there, but it's like, really, if, if you put 20 bucks a week, away like you just set 20 bucks a week aside instead of going out to eat twice or getting starbucks a couple days a week you can go on an out-of-state elk hunt in a spot where there's a good chance you could see elk and get a shot opportunity so um yeah public land man it's it's something that i feel like every outdoorsman whether or not they use it where they hunt primarily i feel like every outdoorsman needs to be fighting for it Yep. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, you know, there's so many people trying to take those opportunities away from us now that, yeah, but you, you got to stand up for it, you know? Yeah, definitely. I, I 100% agree with that. Well, Clay, I want to give you a chance. Um, actually, before I do that, I'm going to let you know, once I find out where I'm coming down, if it's anywhere near you, I'll, I'll do, gosh, I almost said map quests as if people actually still like get online and print out directions. Now I will, <laughs> I will like Google maps or do it on my phone and see how far away, but it'd be awesome to connect with you in person. Um, come see what Louisiana is all about when I go down on that thermal hog hunt. But before I, I let you off the line, I want to find out where people can follow along with you, where they can watch your stuff on YouTube, social media, anything like that. Well, my Instagram, just my personal Instagram is clay underscore bow hunter. And I, I kind of got off of Instagram for a while, but I'm starting to get back in it. So I'm putting a lot of, you know, just small pictures up and trying to get it, you know, introduced to my YouTube. But my YouTube is actually one shot drop outdoors. And uh, I'm trying, you know, we're trying to get stuff going. At least I try for once a week, but, you know, it's not every week you do something really cool. So but other than that, yeah, those two things right there, and I try to, we try, like I said, you know, it's it's just hard sometimes, you know, every now and then you got to take a break from it, but I, I keep my Instagram uploaded pretty, 
pretty weekly. So yeah, those those two places right there and for sure, man, you come down here, we'll have to get you a little crawfish bowl going and show you how we do it. So Oh man, that I'm my mouth is watering. It's lunchtime here right now and I am I'm so hungry. The fact that you even brought that up, I'm like, dude, my stomach is <laughs> rumbling instantly. Um, well, I appreciate the offer. And dude, if you're coming up to Missouri every year for for whitetail season, you gotta hit me up sometime. I know you mentioned you're on the east side. I'm kind of on the southwest side, but uh Missouri is not that big of a state anyway. So typically it's only uh an hour and a half to a, a couple hours. Um yeah, it'd be awesome to connect. Yeah, I'll have to come up there and you can teach me how to how to shoot one of them big Missouri bulls because they fooled me. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're out there, man. They are smart. There's a lot of hunters out and um obviously animals have a will to survive. So they're gonna try to stay away and avoid yep. hunters as much as possible. But yeah, it'd be fun, man. Uh thanks for hopping yep. on though. I appreciate I, it. I was gonna ask you real quick, is there any, you know, is there any can you public hand coy- or public land coyote hunt in Missouri? Is that an option? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The there's only one stipulation when you cannot do it, and that is during turkey, uh sorry, during the weeks leading up to turkey season. So turkey season opened April 18th, and I think from April 1st to the 18th, you cannot uh coyote hunt. Um, after that, yeah. like if you were to come up for during turkey season, you have to have a legal turkey license and be using a method of take that you can legally use for turkeys on coyotes. Um, and I don't know for sure. I would have to look. I want to say those are the only things. I don't think you have to use a bow for coyotes during archery season for deer. Um, but I'd have to double check that, but yeah, for the most part, any public land you hunt, you can Turkey hunt on, or uh, sorry, any public land you hunt, you can coyote hunt on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll have to come up there. We'll get us a little coyote hunt going. Oh dude. Anytime I've got some buddies who are really, really into it. And so you just, you just give me some dates and we'll make it happen. Awesome. Awesome. Sounds like a plan. Sweet. Thanks Clay. All right, Dan, you have a good one. I appreciate you. And that is going to wrap it up for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I, I definitely want to get down to Louisiana and check it out. Actually, I think the first time I had ever been invited to Louisiana, I was a counselor at a camp, and one of the students there, his dad came to pick him up, and he's like, man, are you into fishing? He's like, dude, we've got some amazing redfish down in Louisiana. you got to come check it out. Unfortunately, at that time, I was a broke college kid, so I didn't make it down there. But Louisiana is still on my list of places to go fish, hunt, do all kinds of stuff. And I've been invited now to do some thermal hog hunting down there, which I'm hoping to do this summer. Hopefully it's before the heat. I don't know. When, when's that period? Like where it's not crazy hot, but there's also not a ton of bugs. Maybe that's, I I need to do some research, try to make that happen. But hopefully you guys are getting outdoors, having all kinds of fun times out there. I know some people are just now wrapping up their turkey season, which is crazy to me. Some people are getting super into deep water, yeah, deep sea fishing now. I almost said deep water fishing. I don't know. Um, lots of lots of stuff coming up. Food plots. In fact, I got to share this with you. My wife and I have been checking out properties. Now, we've gone and looked at two, both of them 10 acres. And it sucks because I'm like, man, I really want property that is big enough to where I can still hunt on it 
Like the kids can ride around on four wheelers, dirt bikes, you name it. Maybe I get a tractor and put some food plots in. But then I see things like an hour, hour and a half outside of town where I could get 55 acres for the same amount that I could buy 10. And I'm like, oh man, there's no chance I'm going to convince my wife to move that far out. But who knows, maybe I build a house on this property and then down the road pick up 55 acres of hunting land. I don't know. We'll see. Whatever is meant to be will be. I'm excited either way, but I'll keep you guys updated on all that. And I want to remind you guys once again about the Send It Slam. Now, that is the music festival and archery event that Go Wild and Black Rifle Coffee Company are pairing up to put on. It's going to be on July 9th. I hope to see you guys all there. I'm super pumped to be passing out. Well, not passing out, doing a giveaway, I guess I should say, where we send out two VIP tickets to the Send It Slam. So it's going to be amazing. And until next time, always choose adventure. And God bless.